Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Hey, I want to just pause for a moment. I don't have a ton of time, as you can tell, but I want to pause for a moment and thank all of those who may be watching and those who may know someone who has protested in recent days in the city of Lompoc. Uh, Here's my thank you to you. Thank you for doing so peacefully. It allowed your voice and your heart to be heard all the more. Uh, For those who participated last night at City Hall, for those this past week with the NAACP, and for those who marched from Ryan Park through the streets of Lompoc, I just wanted to personally thank you for how you conducted yourself. And if there are future protests, you have the right to do so. I would encourage you strongly to keep them peaceful. Because again, your message is all the more louder when you do it in peace, with love, and with respect. I thank you for those who've reached out to me, who've wanted my take on things, but more importantly, thank you to those from different viewpoints who've shared with me, because I'm learning where you're at. I'm learning a little bit more about your heart, and I'm grateful for your heart, because you are vital and important to our community. Now, I talked to you earlier about the fact that I would let you know about the regathering. We're not calling it LFC reopening because we never closed. But we are going to regather, and our target date is July the 5th. July the 5th. Someone asked, are we going to have our July 4th annual barbecue get-together like we have done for well over 33 years. Actually, the church was doing July 4th when Debbie and I arrived here. So it was something that the church has done almost 40 years. But because we cannot reserve the park and have a large group, we decided it best not to try to pull off July 4th in a smaller context But July the 5th, we are going to regather at LFC. Things will be different. You're going to hear some more information about that. We're going to create some video to show you how to navigate should you choose to come back. And let me say thank you to all of you who filled out our survey online that we had for the church and also our children's ministries survey that's given us some incredible data. And those of you that filled out uh, some Uh, issues or concerns or also ideas. Thank you, thank you, thank you, because we are better together and we appreciate that. Real quick bullet points. You'll have to wear a mask when you come to church on July 5. And you can't come to church without a reservation. We're going to have an online service that's going to take your reservation so we know how many can be in the sanctuary. Only 100 How many can be in connections? Only 50. And if we need to use the lot in between our two buildings, for those of you that uh, will be above and beyond the 150 at each service, our 8 o'clock service will be online only and not open to the congregation in person. But 915 and 1045, you'll be allowed 
to be in here. And please be patient with us as we move forward. There's lots of things that we've got to figure out and, and make sure that we're in compliance with the state and with the county. Last but not least, somebody sent me an email and said, why are we waiting? Well, we're waiting because other churches have opened. We want to learn from their experience. We can gain wisdom from that. And also, the county stipulated one little paragraph. It said, after 21 days, we will reevaluate all of the requirements. So after 21 days, the requirements may be we can have more people or we can have less people. Or if COVID-19 has had a spike, they have the power, though they haven't said this, they have the power to revoke the privilege of churches to meet. So we wanted to wait so you could have the best possible experience. And trust me, our team's working behind the scenes to make sure that when you do come, that everything is the best that it can possibly be. And speaking of waiting, I'm calling this new mini-series called Trusting God in the Unknown. Trusting God in the Unknown. Because this is unknown. Yeah, we are waiting. And so the subtitle of this message is, And More Waiting. We don't like waiting. We rarely welcome an intrusion on our plans or on our well-being. Some of you have had to change your travel plans. Others of you that used to work uh, and travel for your work, you're not traveling like you used to. Uh, we know that 2020 for our graduates was a different kind of year. And could somebody please give us a roadmap for the weeks and the months ahead? Can I answer and say one does not exist? The best economists still don't know everything. The best government officials still don't know everything. The best school board of the best school districts still don't know everything. We are moving with uncertainty and ambiguity. What will the new realities be like? Will the money uh, keep coming in from unemployment? And, and somebody told me, man, I'm making more money now being unemployed than when I worked. And they kind of smiled when they said it, I said, get back to work. They said, ah, <laughs> they weren't sure. One guy was complaining about the government, how rotten the government is at every facet. But then in the next breath, he was so grateful for his stimulus check and the place where he works, their PPP that they received so he could stay on the payroll. Ah, you can't have it both ways, sweetheart. But anyway, here's what we do know. We don't know everything there is to know. And we know that America as a nation is walking through uncertain times without a GPS. We just don't know. Matter of fact, we're not the first nation to ever do this. The children of Israel was a nation that went through an uncertain time. They had to trust God in the unknown. And they were experiencing more and more waiting all the time. And one of the leaders of Israel is a very famous man named Moses. Moses. And I appreciate Moses. Why? Because he's real, he's raw, he's honest. He lost his temper. He felt inadequate. Remember when God called him, he said, call my brother. Though I might be better looking than him, call my brother. Because I have a speech impediment. And he doesn't. Find someone else. 
And maybe you remember that, that he felt limited, that he felt disqualified, that he felt wounded by his past. He got stressed out under pressure as a leader. He fought with his wife and had a difficult marriage. In other words, Moses had some of the same struggles that you and I have. I think of the struggles of our day. I know of people waiting to get back to church. I know some who want to have face-to-face small groups again. I know a couple that's waiting to have a child. I know someone that's waiting for their significant other to change. I know a person that's waiting to see if the chemotherapy and radiation is going to work and be effective. I know some that are waiting to be loved. I know some that are waiting for forgiveness to come into their hearts because they can't let go of unforgiveness. Exodus chapter 1 in just a moment is going to tell us about a time before the Israelites even knew of Moses, before he comes to deliver them and rescue them from Egyptian captivity. The book of Exodus begins with some very disturbing and sobering images of the Israelites being oppressed, being enslaved, and being beaten. Now, for Israel, it hadn't always been this way. You see, 400 years earlier, the Israelites had a great beginning in Egypt. Joseph, uh, not the the, the father of of Jesus, but Joseph, the the one with the uh, Technicolor dream coat, that Joseph, that Joseph was sold to Egyptian slavery by his brothers. And he ends up rising in the number two position of the nation. And he saved the entire nation from a time of famine. And Egypt was so grateful that they gave, Mos- uh, uh, they gave Joseph rather all this land and they developed the land and they grew crops on the land and they built homes on the land and their babies had babies who had babies who had babies. And they grew and flourished in the land called Goshen. Goshen. And life was good. And their numbers grew. And as time passes, Joseph dies. And Egypt gets nervous about the rise and the strength and the number of Israelites. And in Exodus chapter 1, they get a brand new king, a brand new pharaoh who says, I don't like what's going on. Let's look at Exodus 1. If you have a Bible, Exodus 1, and the verses will be on the screen as well. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor, but the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with hard labor in brick and mortar, with all kinds of work in the fields. In all their hard labor, the Egyptians used them ruthlessly. There's that word again. It's horrible. Did things get any worse? They were asked that. Can things get worse? Well, it does. The Pharaoh tries to control the population growth through genocide. And in Exodus 1, then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Every boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. 
Now, he's trying to reduce the population, but he's also making sure that no boys would rise up and become leaders of the Israelites. You see, back in that day, that biblical time, it was only males who could lead. And so he says, I'm going to eradicate all the males. Israelites must have been so puzzled with this season of waiting because God had promised them years earlier a promised land, a land flowing with with milk and honey. Actually, 400 years had gone by. Just think about it. 400 years. And no one has seen a promised land yet. And so they wait. And they wait. In the land of the unknown. Can you you relate to this? This waiting? Wondering if anything's going to bounce back? How long will it take for our 401k or 403b? How long will it take for the job that I've been longing for? Will my company come back? Will my restaurant research? I mean, the list goes on and on. What's going to happen to the general fund in different cities and governments? How are cities going to fund themselves a year from now? We have no idea. But what we do know is that God is at work even when we feel forsaken. Remember the psalmist, we've been studying the psalms on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. online. You can tune in and study with us. But Psalm 22 says, verse 1 and 2, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Ever felt that? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night. And am I not silent? Why are you silent, God? Why are you away from me? Now, here's a question I want to ask. If you're a note taker, you could uh, get those notes if you haven't already done so off mylfc.com. But real simple, just, just maybe write this down or think about this and discuss this with your family around you or your friends. And some of you have continued in your small groups of LFC. Discuss this statement. Here it is. How am I to handle this? Handle what? This. Whatever this might be for you. How do I handle this disruption in my life? How do I handle where I feel today and the lack of a GPS knowing what tomorrow holds? How will you handle this? You fill in the blank. What is this for you? But here's two ways you handle it. You handle it with God or without God. You handle it with God or without God. Somebody says, I don't need God. I'll do it on my own. Okay, without God, your choice. Other people say, nope, I'm going to handle it with God. I'm not going unless God is going. I'm not going to do unless God is doing. I'm not going to speak unless God is speaking. So how do we face waiting with God? Why should we face waiting with God? Because number one, God sees those who hurt. God sees those who hurt. See, sometimes when we're going through a difficult season, we can, we can say this, nobody feels what I feel. Nobody knows what I know. Nobody's experiencing what I'm experiencing. But the truth of the matter is, God sees, God knows, and God feels what you feel what you see, and what you know. Exodus 2, 23 and 25, the Israelites groaned in their slavery, and they cried out, and their cry for help 
because of their slavery, went up to God. And notice these next two words. God heard. God heard. God heard their groaning. The Hebrew text writes that they don't, didn't only complain with content, but they complained with emotion. In other words, they were emoting. They were crying. They were uh, groaning. Groaning. And God had the ability to interpret their groans. He heard and he understood and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and catch this and was concerned about them. He's concerned about you. He's concerned about you. And just as he saw the horrible oppression of the Israelites and was concerned, God sees your life. Psalm 56, verse 8, is a verse that I use at a lot of funerals, memorial services, and celebrations of life. Because when we lose someone that's near and dear to us, there's emotion. There are tears. And Psalm 56, 8 says this, You keep track of all my sorrows. Would you get that this morning? That God keeps track of your sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. I spoke with a young man who's been protesting of recent days. He's never experienced anything like this. You know, he's a 16, 17-year-old kid. Now, I could tell him, well, you, you, you should have seen uh, Martin Luther King marches. And he was like, what? You should have, oh, you should have been around with Rodney King and can't we all just get along? What? He has no context for those things. He just knows now. And he knows that his friends are, are, are fuming and want justice to be served and want peace in our land and equality in our land. And I shared Psalm 56 a with him. I said, your sorrow that you feel, the pain that you feel, you're trying to process life. I wanted to tell him, you're just a young kid. Oh, that would have set him off worse. He would have said, oh man, what do you know? And I am old, so I get that. But God keeps track of this man's sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle, and you have recorded each one in your book. Can I just tell you this? Your emotions are language to God. Your tears that stream down your face when you lose a loved one or as you're trying to navigate this season in our country right now. God collects those tears. Every emotion you have is precious to God and he writes them down in his book. You might forget your emotions from five years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago if you're that old. And some young people today that are protesting 20 years from now, they might forget their emotion. But can I tell you, God doesn't forget your emotion. If you've lost a loved one, God doesn't forget those emotions. When you hear a song and you think of them, or when you smell a certain smell in food and you think of them, or, or when you look at a photo album and you think of them, God collects all of your sorrow and your tears and records them in a book. Somebody says, nobody knows the hell I'm going through. Can I tell you God does? Matter of fact, so much so that in the New Testament, the writer to Hebrews 
writes this, Now that we know that we have Jesus, this great high priest, with ready access to God. He's our access to God. Let's not let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a high priest who's out of touch with our reality. He's been through our weakness and our testing. He's experienced it all, all but the sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give and take the mercy and accept the help. I love the message Bible here. You can read it in various versions. By the way, if you're not taking notes, just write this verse down. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. And read it later on today in whatever version you have. Because it reminds us we have access to God through Jesus Christ, our high priest. And he wants us to take mercy and accept the help. The second thing is that God helps those who trust who trust him. God helps those who trust. You can do life with God or without God. Let me tell you, life works better with God. Exodus 2, 23, the Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. And their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. See, God's not looking for fancy words or complex prayers. He just looks for simple faith and simple truth. When Daniel went through a rough season in his life, he starts crying out to God, and for 21 days he prays and he fasts. And on day 22, the angel of the Lord comes to him and says these words. He says, Daniel, Daniel, God heard your prayer on day one. You see, Daniel thought for some reason God didn't hear his prayer, but God heard his prayer, and then the angel of the Lord discloses to Daniel that God was at work behind the scenes, that God was working on his behalf, even though he didn't know it. So dear ones, don't lose faith. Don't walk away from God. God is at work. You just keep waiting. You just keep crying out to the Lord because the Lord is with you. And someday soon, someday soon, God will deliver us. That's the third thing. He delivers those who wait. God had promised in Genesis 15 about 400 years of waiting ahead for the Israelites. These words, Genesis 15, your descendants will be strangers in a country, not their own. And they will be enslaved and mistreated 400 years. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves. And afterwards, they will come out. Notice that phrase. They will come out with great possessions. I feel like God is wanting us to know that we're going to come out of pandemic and we'll be okay. That we're going to come out of this economy downturn and I don't know how long it's going to take, but it will bounce back. And we're going to come out of this not being in church together and we're going to regather together. And I believe that the church at large will be stronger than it was before. A lot of people are clamoring for normal. I want to get back to normal. And I have said this many weeks now, God forbid. Because normalcy is usually lukewarm Christianity. Normalcy doesn't have us reaching out to our neighbors and our friends, making sure that other people are okay. And have you noticed how many people are waving at each other now? I've got people in my neighborhood, they're waving and waving and and when I take a walk with my wife and daughter, they wave at us, they honk their horns. 
I see a lot more care and concern now than I've seen before. And I'm proud of you LFCers who've gone out of your way to not only take care of yourself, your family, but your neighbors. There are many stories of people that are running errands for others and making sure that those that are at risk and most vulnerable have the food that they need. And and there's so much goodwill in our community. And so many people are doing so many great things. God forbid we turn back to normal. So all of this is happening in Israel. And here's what they don't know. God's at work behind the scenes. While genocide is going on, what Israel didn't know, that God was protecting a little baby boy named Moses. What they didn't know is that Moses would be found floating in a basket. You see, God was at work. And the daughter of Pharaoh, the one who called for the genocide, the one who was jealous of the Israelites, that the daughter of Pharaoh would find Moses and take him in. And he would become the prince of Egypt. What they didn't know is that that prince would grow up and become the deliverer of Egypt and go back to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. You see, deliverance was just around the corner. They had to wait. They couldn't see it now. They just had to wait. God delivers those who wait. But the deliverance is difficult to see in the time of waiting. God delivers those who wait. But deliverance is difficult to see in the time of waiting. I know some of you are tired of waiting. But God is at work. And before we close in prayer, I want to read Isaiah 40, verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. They will run. The Apostle Paul likens our faith journey to a race. We run our race. Or he calls it our walk of faith. That God's going to give us the strength and the ability to run for him. To walk for him. And to make a difference for him. Here's your choice. You're going to do this season with God or without God? You're going to rely on your strength, your experience, your history? Or are you going to put your trust and your faith in the Lord? Many of you in this season have come to Christ. Many of you have decided to follow Jesus. And if you've decided of recent days to follow Jesus, I encourage you to text Decide Jesus, all one word, to 555-888. Decide Jesus to all one word, to 555-888. We want to celebrate with you and send you a packet to get you started on our journey. And some of you, I want to look right at you, Some of you are just weary of the season that you're in. I know first responders who are weary, law enforcement officers who are weary, nurses and doctors who are weary, parents, God bless you, who are weary, students who are weary, pastors who are weary. And I pray that God would give you a supernatural strength in these days that you will run your race for him and not be weary, is you will walk 
and not pass out, you will not faint. So dear God, we know that it's your work. I pray for any who've yet to trust you as Lord and Savior, that today they would say, I believe in you, Jesus. I repent of my sin. I receive your forgiveness. I confess you are Lord, that you died and that you rose again from the dead. And may we all pray this, Lord, I give you my life. Lord, I give you my life. Lord, I give you my church, my family, my community. Santa Barbara County, the state of California, the world, Lord, we lay it in your hands and we know that you are at work. Thank you for loving us, for caring for us, and thank you for taking all our emotions, every one of them, writing them down, putting our tears in a bottle, and not forgetting who we are and all of our needs. Lord, be with us, we pray. And God, would you bless America. Bless us, Lord, as we turn our hearts to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.